What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, church family. This is Marilyn Mitchell, and I'm the director of women's ministry for New Vision's Buchanan campus. And today I have um, the honor, but also um, the deep grief, if I'm honest, to cover this passage with you today out of Mark chapter 15, verses 21 through 32. That's um, really an overview of the crucifixion of our Christ. And so it says this in the English Standard Version. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying he saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. Ah, friends, it is so hard to read these words, um, to know what our Savior, the incarnate, that means in the flesh, Son of God, human, just as we are, um, endured these unspeakable atrocities to his person, to his body, to his flesh, but also to his spirit. And it just crushes me. You know, it's it's fascinating that here in the Gospels, all of them actually, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they don't go into just graphic, graphic detail about what crucifixion entails, partly because their original readers did not need that. They were very acutely aware of what happened during crucifixion. It was a common um, and, and tragic Uh, reality for them. And so, but for us, what we do know, if you have taken the time to study these things, is that it is unbearable. It is just beyond what my heart and mind can conceive, just the absolute savagery um, that is placed upon a person and, and how one could even survive it to get to the point of crucifixion as Jesus did. Because we know even prior to his actual crucifixion, he had just been beaten time and time again, so much so that there could not have been um, flesh remaining on his back. And it's just, it's it's horrific. And you don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. But friends, he did it for us. We must, we must step into the suffering um, that Christ endured in order to understand his great deep love for us. 
I do want to address a few of the things here in the verses, though, because I, everything that is, is in Scripture is for our good, um, and it's for our instruction and our teaching, our reproof, and so we don't want to miss what God has for us here. And I believe that any time there is detail given in a verse, um, obviously it's not by accident. It's divinely inspired by the Spirit of God, and so there's a purpose for it. And so here, in this very first verse, we see that how they compelled this passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Now, Mark is the only one who really goes to this particular detail, um, but it's fascinating. And again, we can assume it's on purpose that we are given this information. And so what we can basically just acknowledge here is that this was not a random um, coincidence. God is sovereign and he ordains all things. And so what I believe is that God's invisible hand is at work here in his sovereignty um, in that they pulled in this person, Simon, who Mark identifies as the father of Alexander and Rufus. And again, it, it would imply that those who would read this would know who that is and that that would mean something to them. And so we can ascertain some, you know, many scholars believe that since Mark wrote this for Gentile believers in Rome, that Alexander and Rufus were well known in that community. And so again, it would have been meaningful to those readers um, that that was there. And it's also fascinating because later Paul mentions um Rufus in his letter to the Romans in Romans 16, 13. He speaks of Rufus and his mother. Um, and so, which would be Simon's wife, we believe. So anyway, very fascinating there. Lots to dig into. Just an example of how rich and full scripture is beyond and how easy it would be to overlook um, that piece of information. So that's one thing. As we move into 22, it talks about this place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And it, that's a literal reference. Like it was named that because they believed that that hill resembled um, the look of a skull. And so it was called Golgotha. And sadly, appropriately, as many lost their life there, it seems um, apropos that that would be the name. But this is also, um, depend, in, depending on what languages you're studying, this is also where we get our word Calvary. Calvary as well um, meant skull and meant this place. And so when we see, especially in our older hymns, all of the references to Calvary, that's where that came from. Um, and so Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull, this is where Jesus gave his life willingly um, for you and for me. Verse 23, I don't want to miss either because this is just shows how that God is constantly um, consistent in, in who he is and what he says and, and Jesus um, and his ministry as well, that he fulfills what he says he will do. Now we know um, in the gospels, other parts of the gospels that, it, that Jesus said, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. He said that when he was having the last supper with the disciples. And so here he is on the cross in extreme agony where wine, especially wine mixed with myrrh, would have offered him some relief, and yet he refused it. And that, again, just so powerful. You could just say, oh, well, he just he didn't want it. He didn't like it. But you don't understand, like, the amount of agony and pain that he was in. He refused any um, opportunity that he would have had to have that lessened in any physical way. Um, but in part because of he's a promise keeper and he already had said that he would not drink of the vine until he drank it anew with them in his father's kingdom. And he, he stayed true to that even unto death. But then what's so just 
mind-blowing to me here in verse 24 is that almost as a side note, it says, and they crucified him. And then it just moves right on and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. Um, it's just heart-wrenching to me, these moments that, you know, they've just raised him onto this cross. And if you've ever done a study of just how horrific crucifixion is and just how unbearable to the body that it is and what he'd already been through is just so much. But here he is, our Christ, giving himself for us because of our sin. And just as a side note, they crucify him. And while he's Dying on the cross, they're dividing his garments among them, casting lots to decide who should take what. And it does say, and it's the third hour when they crucified him, and the inscription of the charge read, the king of the Jews. But here's these people passing by, mocking him, wagging their heads, telling him to come down. And again, friends, it's just, it's so easy to look at those who did this and to be horrified and to condemn them and to be so outraged at their insensitivity. But friends, what I see here is just such conviction that when I choose to sin, that when I choose to walk away from what I know to be true about the Lord, I too am in essence mocking him. That I am too saying, hey, you up there, you know, if you're king, if you're Christ, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe while he is dying for their very sins, for the very sins that they are committing in that moment, he is giving up his life. And so friends, um, our call to action today is a strong one. It is a powerful one. It is a um, profound one. Um, I, I read an commentary that said one of the most amazing truths of the crucifixion of Christ is that there were not just two criminals crucified with him on that day because it speaks about the the criminal on his left and his right but it says there were in fact literally billions of criminals evildoers crucified with Christ that day and if you are a genuine believer in Christ then as mysterious and miraculous as it sounds you too were crucified with him on the cross just as Paul explains in Romans Romans 6, um, 2 through 14, especially Romans 6, 6 says our old self was crucified with Christ. And so friends, that's our call today is to not um, mock the very precious gift of God that came through the very blood and flesh of Jesus the Son on our behalf in the place of the skull where he refused any attempt to lessen his pain so that he could take on our sin and wash us clean. Friends, I pray, I hope, um, I desire for all of us to acknowledge what Christ went through on our behalf, to enter into that suffering so that we can see at what great cost our sin um, has come. And so, and, and by doing that, that it would drive us to repentance, it would drive us to confession, it would drive us to obedience because of his great love for us. Um, he laid down his life, even though while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so I just pray, friends, that this would be a call to action in your heart and mind today to set aside the sin that does so easily beset us and was paid for at great cost on our behalf and to live the life that Christ desires to live in and through us. I pray that for you and for me today. Be blessed. 
Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.